Do you ever wish you could cut through all the rhetoric in the online space and just figure out the best way to grow your business? Come on inside the cafe today to hear how Sarah Khan and I plan to help you with that. It's time for the Growth Strategies Cafe podcast designed specifically for female online business owners. I'm your host, Teresa Cleveland, and I believe we can all make a difference in that having a successful online business is one of the best ways to do that. Let's be real though, growing an online business isn't always easy. It definitely doesn't look sexy all the time, and it's one of the most fulfilling endeavors you can take on. There are no secrets to building a successful business. There's just the stuff you don't know yet, and we'll be talking about it all here in the cafe. Whether you're on your way to six figures or beyond, on, you are in the right place. So grab your favorite beverage and pull up a chair. Let's get to it. Hey, how are you today? I'm Teresa Cleveland, and I'm delighted that you're tuning in to the Growth Strategies Cafe podcast today. I'm going to tell you, you're in for a real treat because the inimitable, tell it like she sees it, Sarah Khan is with me today. And I shared back in episode 44 that we would be doing a series for the remainder of 2021. It's once a month. Sarah and I are coming on to talk about some things. And this is the episode where we're kicking it off. Now, at the time that we recorded this episode, we didn't yet have a name for the series, but that is no longer the case. It bubbled to the top like I knew that it would. And it was one of those moments, you know, there's just like, well, of course, that's the name of the series. So without further ado, we hope that you enjoy this installment of Beyond the Bullshit. Hey, Sarah Khan, it's so good to have you here today. I'm so excited for our series that we have coming up now, September, October, November, and December of this year. And then we'll figure out if we want to keep going or not, because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I am really excited to be back and very, very excited to talk about today's topic. Fabulous. And so we don't even have a name for the series yet, but I'm sure that like all good things is going to bubble to the top and we'll figure it out. What we're doing with this series, for those of you listening, is that we want to bring some practices. We're not trying to shame anybody. We're not trying to call out any particular program or anything like that. But we're more so calling out the bullshit. We're calling out the behaviors and the processes and just the stuff that's out here in the online world that frankly derails a lot of people, right, Sarah? Absolutely. There's a lot of rhetoric, I guess, in the online space, in the business space, on the internet, wherever people go for their advice and information. And it, it can really, it can really gum up the works as they say. And so we're, like you said, not trying to shame anybody and not trying to make anyone feel called out, but we're calling you in to try to help you understand, you know, where your responsibility lies and how you can start to really pick apart and see through a lot of the messaging that's out there. Right. It's the messaging, it's the practices. And, you know, it's kind of like telephone, right? It just gets repeated over and over and then it becomes distorted. So even some of the good things that started out good have now just snowballed into like, we'll talk about it, like the FOMO, you know, when it comes to limited time and just limited numbers and all these things that, anyway, we'll get into that. Today, the whole purpose of today's episode is we want to call you out. We're calling ourselves out. This is about taking personal responsibility. So it is that thing where we're going to come in here and we want to talk about some of the things that we have either fallen into because we're new, you know, I fell into some real BS as I came into the online space. And so that's not unusual. And sometimes that's just it. We've heard it for so long. We just accept it and do it, even though it feels like shit when it's done to us. And everybody else is doing it, quote unquote, everybody else is doing it. And so we don't question it because that's the way things are done. Exactly. I remember that way back I just celebrated my 13th year online full-time. I was part-time before that, but 13 years full-time. And I remember when I came into this space, I would see things and I would think, well, that doesn't seem like the way that that should be done. And then I'm like, but what do I know? I'm new here, right? So disregarding myself, giving away my power and my intuition and everything like that, because this is the way it's done here. And I know that is a lot with what you do talking about corporate rehab. Yeah. 
that is those thought processes that we bring in and carry along. So real quick, before we jump into today's into to the meat of today's episode, tell everybody where they can find you and your corporate rehab group. I love what you're doing over there. Well, thank you very much. You can find me on Facebook, uh, the.sarah.con, and you can just, you can throw corporate rehab into the search uh, tab and find my group where we unlearn the toxic beliefs and practices of corporate space. One of which is, this is how it's always done. Don't question the status quo. And you can also find me on Instagram at uh, lynchpin.virtual. All right. And that's Sarah Khan, K-H-A-N. Yes. All right. So let's talk about first, before we get into our due diligence and things like that. So today's going to going to be, we're going to talk about, first up, we're going to talk about goals and goal setting. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about doing some due diligence. And that's due, del- due diligence with ourselves, as well as due diligence about the products or services that we're considering as we grow our businesses. And then One of my favorite things towards the end of the episode, we're just going to call out a few things right off the top. And it's just called Don't Be That Girl. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, Sarah, let's talk about that goal. So, so many times I know you see this and people are out here, they're basing these goals on just arbitrary numbers or practices or things that we see out here that it should, we should. And I hate, I say all the time, stop shitting on yourself. Right. But again, it's that whole thing. I, I'm new here. I need people to show me the way. And unfortunately, what we see is that it's not always the best teacher or the best course or the best program. It's the one with the best marketing or copywriting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You get you get caught up in, you know, usually if you're, if you're new to the online space, you'll usually end up following whoever happens to just cross your internet path first, because that's the circle you'll fall into. Then you'll start to talk to people who've also done it. And then it just kind of becomes a self-perpetuating thing. And everything that, you know, the people around you have bought into, that's what you're also going to buy into. And so we don't really come into the space with that level of discernment that we should, because we do come in with, this is all new to me. I don't know what I'm doing. I need someone, like you said, I need someone to tell me what's what's what. Right. We need that guide. I wish there was a place when you, when you get into this space, it's like, start here. Right. Yeah. And it's like the wild, wild west still out there because, you know, people just, anybody can start a business, you know, we have, you know, and I I really wish it's, it's funny that you say that. I really wish that it was not just to start here, but a choose your own adventure. So many of us come in, most of us come into this business space. And, you know, like I said, we find that one person and we're like, okay, I'm going to do what this person did or what this person tells me to do. And then you follow a prescribed path based on what they did, what they sell, the people around them, where we really should have a choose your own adventure. Like, if you want this, let's go this way. If you want this, let's go this way. But when you're new, you don't, like I said, you don't know what's what, and you don't know where to look. And it's like, you don't know what you don't know. I think you've said that before, right? You don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. So let's talk about this because goals, first of all, when a lot of people start out, they don't even think about goals, right? It's I just mentioned this on a recent podcast episode, I had I had heard this guy, and I've now remembered who it was, it was Simon Sinek that was talking about someone had approached him and said, you know, Oh, my gosh, how how can I be a motivational speaker? This is what I want to do. And he said, Great. He said, What's your topic? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know that part yet. I, I just want to grow a business like this, right? So we have this idea that, oh, either that looks easy or, huh, I bet I could do that, right? How many programs have you taken where you're like, oh my God, I could have written that so much better? (laughs) (laughs) Too many to name, but I'm not going to name them. Exactly. So in that though, rarely do, and, and I find this really alarming now, you know, obviously 13 years in, but not a lot of people really talk about goals other than you should be shooting for six figures Uh, and all transparency, the beginning of this year, I kind of went that route. It was something that I was working with someone and it was, that was a topic that came up and I'm like, okay. And I'd seen a lot of people that I was talking to talking about it, asking about it. And, but there was still something that felt off. It's like, because for me, I want you to be able to make whatever you want to make. If you only need me, $1,500 $1,500 a month to put your kid in private school. Like, obviously, that's not six figures. And that's okay. Yeah, right. That's okay. So, but we fall into the goal setting based on what other people are doing. Right? We become what the people around us are. And I've always said, like, I don't want, for example, 
high six and seven figures because I also think about, well, what does it actually take to get there? Mm-hmm. Is that in line with what I want to live? I don't want to live the kind of lifestyle that requires me to do the things that have to be done in order to get to high six and seven figures, right? I also know what it takes to maintain that. And that's, again, not the kind of lifestyle, not the kind of business that I want. Am I saying that that's not a good goal? No, if that is what you want and you truly understand what it takes, you truly understand what the driving factor behind it is and what the actions are that you're going to have to take and what that means for you on a day-to-day basis, have at it, my friend. But don't just use that as an arbitrary benchmark because everybody else around you says that that's what success looks like. Absolutely. That's That's what pisses me off. Right? And I've said for years, I don't want to be Oprah. I'm sure Oprah loves being Oprah, right? I don't want to work like that. And I have a feeling that probably for her, it's doesn't it would it's not as much work as it would be for me, right? Because yeah. it comes to her naturally and naturally, and that's what she's chosen. So everything has to come back to you and what you want. So I know you have when it comes to we both have a thing about smart goals. So you know that it's not our favorite thing, you know, or the best way to do goals. So you have a formula. Do you want to share that? I know you've used with your clients in the past. Yeah, sure. I have um, I developed my own goal, goal setting method. It's called goal mastery. And the acronym is mastery. And it stands for, you know, motivation, action, support, time frame, evaluation, reality check, and then you. And it goes into a lot of what the SMART goals doesn't really look at. Like SMART is like, is it specific? Is it time, you know, time measured or whatever? But what it forgets is like, why do you want this? That's the the number one, like motivation. What is your desired outcome? Like, what do you want to achieve? Why is this important for me? And and most important, if I achieve this, what's it going to allow me to do? And then you got to look at, okay, now that I know what my motivation is, and I know why I want this goal, What's it actually going to take? What does the day-to-day look like? What kind of supports am I going to need, right? Do I have the supports to do that? And the example I always give is I I used to, I don't know why, but I used to want to run a marathon. Honestly, (laughs) I have no idea why. Everyone around me was like, you should be a runner. Okay, I'm going to be a runner. I'm going to run a marathon. And when I actually stopped and broke down what that looked like, having to train three times a week minimum. And, you know, at the time, my older daughter was really, really young. I didn't have the capacity to go out on a run for two or three hours, three times a week. I was also working full time. Um, My husband was working full time, you know, and then we didn't have the supports. We didn't have daycare. We didn't have a babysitter, all that kind of stuff. So when we're looking at our business goals, it's like, are you actually considering the support systems that you have in place to allow for what you want? And if not, what are you going to do about it? Do you have the resources that you need? Right. And then looking back, Because this is the other part about goal setting that really drives me nuts is people set a goal. And if their lifestyle changes, if their business pivots, like they don't allow time for evaluation, like look back and actually ask yourself periodically, do I still really want this? Is this still important to me? We get so married to the idea of it that we can't let it go. There's that mindset mindset piece in there too, where it's just like, oh, if I pivot, what are people going to think? Right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's a whole other topic. So when we talk about these goals, what I like about this is making it about us because everything that I have ever stood for, I don't know if it's being the Libra or what, but I like choices. I want people to be able to have choices. I can't deal in absolutes. My brain just can't do it. I We were talking about it. I'm constantly like inside my head, checking myself to make sure, not even realizing that I'm doing it anyway, because I don't want every, we're all different. We all get our own choices, right? And that's extremely important for me. So when we talk about these different priorities and and that falls into it, right? We didn't even talk about that, but priorities and uh, making it about you and why you want it. That why is so important. Don't you have something coming up about your why, why your why isn't your why? (laughs) Yeah, so I just did a live in my group recently about why your why isn't your why. And I think it's because a lot of us come into the space, again, with these arbitrary goals, like I want time freedom, I want money freedom. And that's, that's wonderful to start. But when you start making money, when you start actually getting into the business, and and you realize that it's not as simple as that, or you're not getting the kind of money that you want, what's going to sustain you, right? What really is beneath those arbitrary whys that everybody tells you you should have, or why you've started a business? I started my business because I wanted to have more time with my kids. And guess what happened? I started my business. 
and I didn't have more time for my kids. In fact, I was working more in my business than I was in my day job. But that's the reality of a lot of businesses. And so you have to ask yourself, is that going to sustain me long term? Probably not. So I had to really do the work and dig deep. What is it about this business that is so important to me? Because if I want time with my kids, I can quit my business tomorrow and go get a job and go back to working nine to five and have all that time again, right? I can I can find a high paying job that's going to get me a consistent income instead of working on my business day after day after day. So the whys that we think we have are 90% of the time, and that's an arbitrary stat, by the way, (laughs) totally superficial. They're totally superficial. And it really takes a lot of mindset work. And it takes really asking yourself some deep questions to really get to the the real whys, the ones that are going to sustain you when things aren't going as smoothly as you want, or you're not making the kind of income that you want, or you are working on weekends, even if you don't want to. Great. So is that in your group still? Did you is that there your live? Yeah, all the videos, all the lives that I do, they remain in the group so people can go back and watch them at their leisure. Awesome. So definitely be sure to check that out. Now when it comes to these these goals, one of the things that has always made me nuts is there's that whole dream big, you know, just don't limit yourself and all these other things. And it's like, that's great for dreaming and all of that. Like big goals are great, but it's almost like being realistic is a dirty word. You know, it's like, don't be realistic. And part of me feels like, well, that's because if you're being realistic, you're not going to buy that program this time around. Yeah, right. The dream big is such an amazing marketing technique, don't you think? Your dreams should eject you out of bed every morning. They should, you know, motivate you and and drag you through the tough times. And the reality, like you said, the reality is dreams still require action, my friend, right? And a lot of time that action has to be pragmatic, realistic action. And it goes back to things like, do you have the right supports? Do you have the resources that you need? Do you have the time that you need? And this idea that, you know, these big dreams. I I like what you said about the marketing, because if you're realistic, you are going to ask the kind of questions and look into programs and courses and things like that with a very different eye versus if you're just going after quote unquote big dreams. And I think that's why a lot of people don't finish courses. I think that's why a lot of people are suffering from course fatigue, because you can chase your big dreams, but you have to chase them with action. Absolutely. And I remember, again, back in the day when I first came into this space, I remember seeing this program. And I mean, today they charge much, much more for this, but it was $10,000 for the year. And I really liked the message. I had the book and I applied a lot of that in what I was doing. This program, though, there were meetings like two meetings a month or two meetings a week. There were three times a year you were going to fly to this place, right? And have whatever and network with the other people in the group. And I just remember looking at that thinking, oh my God, when will I have time to run my business? Yes. Yeah. Right. So, and I just thought to myself, like, and people were raving about it and they were so excited. And part of it was the celebrity of this person. And, you know, they were going to get to hang out with this person. And a lot of those new people coming in who didn't yet have the business built and not really taking into account, like, oh, well, how many hours a week do I need to dedicate to marketing my business, putting together my programs and my services, working with my clients? So that really doesn't come into play. It's more so and sadly this is true and so much of the marketing that you it's all the fluffy stuff like you get to fly here and you get to do this and you're going to talk to these people a couple times a week and it it just we don't look past that to anything else it's that it's the glamour aspect of it right like you said like the celebrity of the person the the trips that you're going on and you think again a lot of people are not tapping into that discernment, right? Because they want that quick win. They want that thing that, you know, the shiny promise. And the reality is you do have to look at where you are in business right now. If you have just started your business, it doesn't matter what the course or the program or the person is promising you. A $10,000 investment is a big investment. It's going to require probably dipping into your savings. It's going to require, you know, some kind of sacrifices that maybe you don't have the time to, to make right now. And that's okay. I think we need to stop feeling shame around that because I think that's one of the reasons why people go after things that maybe are not within the sphere of of quote unquote reality right now is we feel ashamed. I should be able to because, oh, well, well, if you don't, you're not committed to your business. Mm. 
Mm, I used to mm. hear that so much years ago when I was part of, um, and I'm not, okay, I'm a disclaimer. I'm not dumping on MLM. I'm just dumping on my particular experience in this one instance. I used to hear this a lot when I was part of an MLM years ago where our upline was constantly, you don't want it bad enough. You don't want it bad enough. Not taking into account, I had a full-time job. I had a child. We did not have childcare. My husband was working full-time as well. Like we were alone here. I mean, there were a lot of things that went into it. I was teaching day classes and night class. Night classes, four nights a week. Teaching full daytime classes, five days a week. But if you're not able to do this, you don't want it bad enough. I'll never forget. He actually told us the story of a single mom with two kids who sold her car to get the money to be able to, to go on a weekend uh, getaway. And my first question was, how is she going to take her kids to school on Monday? Right. Well, there you go. You're being too logical. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, you you're don't want it bad enough. This, this is going to change her life. It's going to be life-changing. It's going to change her business. Really? Can you guarantee me that? Because I just threw a hell of a lot of money at it. Where's the guarantee? They're not going to make guarantees because they can't. Exactly. And there is always that thing that trust your instincts and question those things. Like I used to get in trouble all the time in school just because I was always asking questions. Yeah. I remember my mom telling me we were visiting a friend of hers and I'm like, well, how does this work? And what about this? And then what happened? And she's like, stop asking so many questions, you know, yeah. because she thought it was annoying. It probably may have been, you know, but anymore, I don't care if I'm annoying. I want to know this is my life, my best interest. And I bet you it did change her life. It changed her life when she sat there and realized like, oh my God, just like you said, how am I going to get my kids to school? How do am I going to the grocery store? Like, yeah. oh, how, how much more time now do I have to spend if I'm taking a cab or a bus or an Uber? Yeah, you know, and recouping that investment. And I think that's the thing, like a lot of people, what I, what I tell clients is if you are going to be investing in anything, and you are, you want to ask those questions, and you're made to feel shamed for doing that, that's a red flag, run the hell the other direction, right? A Someone who is offering any kind of service or program or product should welcome the questions because those questions are going to help you figure out whether this is the right investment for you. And someone who is genuinely you know, doing this for the greater good is going to be okay with that. And they're actually, you know, I've had people who have actually um, said, you know what, this program is wonderful and I'd love to have you as a part of it, but it's probably not the right investment for you right now. So maybe yes. come back in six months or maybe come back when you've hit this threshold. There was a, a lady whose program I wanted to join a little while ago because I really love the way she teaches marketing. And she said to me, look, until you've hit this threshold in your business, it's my, my techniques are not going to work for you. So let's stay in touch and you come back to me when you're ready. My respect for that woman tripled in that one moment because you know what? She wasn't just trying to get another sale. And we need more people out there, out here in this place acting that way that are yeah. willing to step up and are confident that's somebody that's confident in what they do and how they serve people and the transformation that they're helping bring forward yeah. right and so again this comes back to us we have to step into what we're doing and have that confidence and grow that confidence so that we can do those things yeah. And we have to let go of this arbitrary finish line or deadline that everybody seems attached to. There is no deadline on your success. You don't have to get to whatever number you've decided you need to get to in whatever time frame you need to get to it. Because I think that drives a lot of bad decision making too. Oh, sure. Well, there's that thing. This course is only offered twice a year. This program yeah. is only offered once a year. I've done it. I bought into it because sometime in the next year, I plan to be ready. Mm -hmm. But you know what happened? The live um, experience of asking the questions, you know, there's me asking questions. Yeah, it's only for eight weeks. So mm -hmm. after that eight weeks, I lose that. And there's so much value in that kind of, you know, I go back and forth on that, because sometimes it's like, mm, you don't always get all your questions answered. But that's a discussion for another day. All right, then. Well, this is, you know, what we're talking about is that due diligence. So yes, we always have to start with ourselves, right? So you have to ask, why do I want to buy this program? Right? Is it that real, like, I really am in a place where I need this? Or just that FOMO, right? Like, oh, my gosh, I'm not I'm not going to get in there. Then there's that comparison. Well, so and so's taken it everybody has taken it. Yeah. So I need to take it too. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with talking to the people who've taken it, getting their opinion. I think that's really important, you know, talking to people who have gone through it. But like you said, don't take it just because other people in your circle have taken it. Don't take it just because a lot of people are hyping it up. Ask questions. You know, what? where are the gaps in my business right now? What do I really need to learn in order to move towards whatever goal I've set? 
and then ask those questions about the program. Am I actually, what's the outcome of this program going to be? Is it actually going to help me address those gaps? And that's where working with a mentor or a coach or a consultant to really help you see those. Because again, we don't always know what they are. In that, it's so easy to be you know, caught up being part of the herd, right? Because everybody else is doing it and yay. But you know, like you're saying, ask questions. And here's the thing that doesn't mean go into a Facebook group and say, hey, who's taking this? What do you think? Because like you've said before, it's, oh, she's great. He's wonderful. Like ask questions that matter. Ask what you need to know because people don't know. They're not in your business. They don't know what you need. Yeah. So they, you know, a lot of the typical responses are, oh, it was wonderful. It was business life changing. It was amazing. She's so great. He's so great. You want to ask questions like, what did it do for your business? What have you applied from that course into your business? You know, how soon did you make your investment back? What kind of business model do you have? And would it work for my business model? Like these are the kinds of questions you want to ask. If you don't know anybody who took who took the course or program, ask the, per- the person who's running it. They should be able to answer that for you. And if they can't, again, another red flag. And that I think is so important. I always say like, go straight to the person, just like you said, the course creator, the program creator, whoever it is, any good program or course creator welcomes those questions. Because like the example that you gave of this person, you know, who said, you know what, you're not ready for this yet. Yeah, right. Not everybody's going to be like that. But if you listen, you're going to hear whether they're really addressing your concerns or whether you're just on a sales pitch, because a lot of times it'll say application for XYZ, right? And it's not really everybody's going to get in. Oh, yeah. You know, and I've seen it. I've been part of those courses. And I'm just like, Oh, my goodness. Now our good friend Natalie Gingrich over at the Ops Authority with her DOO certification, like I know people who haven't made it into that program, right? So that is it's some some people out there really are on the up and up. Any good course creator, program creator, they're going to welcome the questions that you have, because they understand that people, the people that come through their program, if they are able to get success, that is another testimonial that their reputation is like that. And like we've said, as the example you gave you, your respect for this person immediately went up. And I'm sure you're going to recommend your clients and other people who are ready for her program that they take that program or work with her. Absolutely. It, it increases, you know, the, the no like trust factor, but it's also standing in integrity. You know, Ugh. you want to work with people who stand in integrity. If my program is not good for you, I'm not going to try and sell it to you. Because like you said, as somebody who has a course program, whatever you want to call it, that's going to impact my ability to prove the results that I'm promising my program is going to get. Because that's the thing you got to consider too. Even if a course promises XYZ result, if you're not exactly in the right place for that program, you're not going to have those results. Results. And you were saying earlier about results being atypical. More courses and programs need to be transparent about that. Oh, they certainly do. When the FTC, uh, back when, you know, shortly after I got into the online space, like they were really coming down on that stuff because people were claiming everything. And how often do we see that anymore, though? Right? Where it's like results are atypical. Of course, you're going to put your best people out there. You're not going to put somebody out there that says, oh my God, this course sucked. Right? No, of course so, not. Yeah. And it's not to say that those people didn't get those results, but we talk about, you know, all things being equal. They're not. They're not. So you have somebody, either the course creator who, so many course creators, I know in the programs that I I do as a mentor, I share what I have seen work for me, for others, pitfalls, things like that. That's why I like working one-on-one with people so much because there is no one size fits all. And with so many people, what we're doing is we're sharing that perspective. But, you know, there's someone that I know in the industry that very highly regarded. It's a great course for the right people. And that's that's what I want people to understand. It may be a great course, but it's not great for you right now, right? And let's just put it out there. Let's just, some courses just suck. They just do. There's great marketing. There's great copywriting. And the course itself sucks. Yes, that happens. I don't want to gaslight anybody who's had that experience and say, oh, well, it's just because you weren't in the right place. Mm -hmm. So let's get that out of the way. And there are those that I've worked with people who were making $1,500 a month, and they want to take this course to make a million bucks in a year. And it's like, yes, it's possible based on where you are now. So it's that realistic Yeah. 
you're going to have exponentially more steps than somebody who's already making six figures a year. Oh my goodness. I had a client who got so mad at me. She ended up firing me, but there was this program, like very, very expensive program. And she had quote unquote applied Mm -hmm. and they were calling her. She didn't realize she was very good at what she did, but she was in the um, the brick and mortar space. And coming into the online space, she didn't understand that these were actually sales calls. Right. Right. So she's like, well, they're calling me and they're telling me when she first told, let me back up. So when she first told me about it, I said, well, let me ask you this. Is this the only time this year that you can get into this program? Because I wanted to address that, right? Yeah. That this time next year, you'll definitely be in a good place if we do these things that we've outlined. She just didn't understand that. So she's, and she said, well, I don't know. So she didn't ask that question. And she said, but they're calling me and they're telling me like, I am perfect for this. And she had a PhD and she had, she really valued that being treated for lack of a better term superior, right? So that meant a lot to her that they were recognizing her and saying, Hey, you're perfect for this. And this will help you X, Y, Z. And the people who were in this program were leaps and bounds ahead of her. So she was thinking like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be hobnobbing with these other people, you know, whatever, whatever. And what I tried to explain to her is a lot of the tactics, which I've got a whole thing coming up soon on that tactics is not a bad word. It's not a dirty word. Anyway, the tactics and the way that they are working are not going to apply to you where you're at right now, because you don't have that foundation in place yet. That's what we're in the process of doing. Right. And she just, she would get, she said, I feel like you're always telling me no. I said, I didn't say no. I said, it would be great in the future. Let's get you that solid foundation so that you are ready the next time it comes out. But that's the part that a lot of people want to skip because that's the part a lot of people want to skip because the foundation piece is not sexy, right? They want to go right into business and start making the big money they want to be. And this sounds like they were appealing not only to her ego, but also to scarcity, to FOMO, to all of that stuff that doesn't actually pay the bills at the end of the day. And like you said, you you really need to start asking those questions and understanding that if I'm not in the right place right now, That's an investment that I'm not going to recoup any return on at all. Absolutely. All this, think about your goals just to catch up from where we've started because we always end up talking about so many things. But uh, look at your goals, figure out what you need. If you want to work with someone one-on-one, people are out there. Sarah's here. I'm here. There are other people, if we're not a good fit, that we can help refer you to. And because we are very much in that school that we only want to work with people that are ready for us and are a good fit. So next up, after you look at your goals, you figure those out, your due diligence, ask yourself, why do I want to take this course? Why do I want to take this program? Am I ready for it? And then ask other people and ask the right questions and ask the course or program creator, even your, even if it's a mentor or anybody that you want to work with. So it doesn't even have to be just a course creator or program creator, anyone that you're going to be a consultant. It could be a director of operations, a VA, anybody that you're going to spend money with that is going to help you grow your business, feel completely free to ask all the questions that you need to ask to be comfortable with that. Don't be bullied. Don't be snowballed like stand your ground and listen to what they're saying when they answer those questions and how they're making you feel. Oh, and one other thing I'd say is when you are on a sales call, anybody who is pushing you for an answer now, third red flag, you know, you should be able to take as much time as you need to make that decision. This is actually from a client of mine because she she deals a lot with like trauma-informed sales and, and you know, things and trauma-informed marketing. And she talks about when you have an impulse to join something or buy something, walk away for 24 hours. If that excitement is gone, it was FOMO. But if you're still feeling called and you're still feeling really strongly about it, then start asking those questions. Good, good point. So there we go. Ask the questions, understand that it may be a program that truly does suck. It could be a program that's great. It's just not great for you right now. But when everything lines up and you feel like it's the thing to do, go for it. Now let's jump into don't be that girl. Don't be that girl. You know, this is one, Sarah, that I know you and I both feel so strongly about. I'm going to let you take this one and run with it. Let's talk about pitch slapping. 
oh, this is my favorite thing in the world. This is the quintessential, hey girl, message that you get in the DMs. A lot of marketing people, a lot of salespeople, I don't know why this is still a thing, honestly, but this idea of you friend request as many people as possible, you go straight into their DMs after friend requesting them, and you immediately start to pitch them your product, your service, your group, whatever it is. Now, that in itself is, is gross. But then you've got the people who are like pseudo pitch slappers who will start a conversation with you. And I put conversation in air quotes because it's not really a conversation. It's a sales script. They're going to ask you some really very superficial questions. Hey, what do you do? Tell me what you love about what you do. And eventually within two or three uh, exchanges, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to ask you to join their program, their course, their Facebook group, whatever it is. That I call pitch slapping because it's like if you were in a face-to-face, in-person networking event and some it's, it's kind of the same thing as going to one of those going up to a group of people throwing your business card in their face and going call me right that is that is what it reminds me of and I hate it and it is such a rampant practice in the online space the number of people whose friend requests I accept and within 24 hours I'm deleting them I can't even begin to tell you it's insane. You know, here's me. I want to have those conversations with those people. Like, how's that working out for you? I really want to know, like, number one, who's teaching you this? And number two, how's that working out for you? Because exactly. I can't imagine that this is a thing that is working. That So is it, oh, the you know, all about the numbers, right? It's like, well, if you hit thousand people, maybe you'll get two. Here's the what, here's the latest one that I had gotten that was just phrased a little bit differently. It came out and she asked, let me just say to what you said about those people who are like, oh, what do you do? And I'll, hello, all you had to do was click on my bio to exactly. find out. Like if you are too lazy to do that, I don't need to talk to you. So at least they would be attempting (laughs) to make it look, hey, I noticed you did X, Y, Z. And you know, I whatever from there, at least show that you've done some kind of research. Anyway, we know it's all BS. So (laughs) here's here's what the latest one that came up. And I had to chuckle when I saw it, I knew, but it was one of those situations where I'm like, I'm going to play along because I just want to see if I'm right. Let's see how far it goes. Yeah. Right. And so she says, Hey, I see what you do. And I was really, I have this idea that uh, about uh, weight is something to do with weight loss and whatever. And I think it's pretty good. And my daughter says it's pretty good. But you know, she just says that because she's my daughter, I would love with your expertise for you to take a look at it. Would you mind? And I'm like, sure, no problem. So she sends it over, whatever. She had testimonials. She had like all these things. And so I sent back and I said, well, I I would imagine if you are making this much money, because that was in there, right? If you're making this much money and you have these many testimonials, I would say that you already know that it's a good idea or it's a good, you know, business thing that you've got going there. Offer, right? And then she came back and she said, great. Didn't even acknowledge any of that, right? Great. And she didn't ask me, right? Because this is the other thing. They think that this is sidestepping it. She said, great. Do you know anyone who would like to lose X amount of pounds in six weeks? Right? Because she's asking me if I know anybody so that I could feel helpful. Where what she wants me to say is, oh my gosh, that's me. I would love to lose X amount of pounds in six weeks. But see, that's the other tactic that people are taught. So the first tactic is the pitch slap. You go in and ask people to join by whatever. But the other that I've seen a lot of lately is the referral, right? It's the referral pitch slap. Because, oh, you know, don't go in and ask people to join your program because that feels, you know, too salesy. Go in and ask them if they know anybody who would like to join your program. And you're going to get a byproduct, you know, the byproduct of that will be they'll join it too, but they'll also bring friends along with them. But it's all the same thing. It's all this, this this gross scarcity marketing that, you know, there, we have to rush to get people into our groups. We have to rush to get people into our programs, but you don't, because that's, again, we go right, we're coming full circle now. That's when you start to get people in your program that are not right fits. You're not going to get the results that you promised. You're not going to be able to have the good testimonials. And the internet is not as big a place as we like to think it is. Word travels really, really fast. And so this tactic is just, I don't get it. Uh, I used to actually, I used to see it a lot when I used to work in fundraising, you know, send out a thousand fundraising letters as generic as possible. And maybe 10 of them will stick. But what happens if you actually take the time to create relationships with people? And you only have to send out 50 letters 
that are really highly personalized because you've got that relationship with someone. Even a 10% return on that is going to be a lot higher than a 10% return on a thousand. So it's simple math. It's numbers. And again, it's being realistic, which people don't like to hear. And here's the thing with all this. These are shortcuts. These are things that people, they don't want to do the work, right? Because I did uh, a couple weeks ago, I did an episode on the truth about list building. And there you do, there gets to a place, you have to start from a foundation. And most people want to skip over that foundation and like catapult to just the numbers and just the sales. That's that whole thing out there where you just put it out everywhere and hopefully somebody, but again, whether it's the personalized relationships, how do you build those? Because you've taken the time to know your audience, you've taken the time to know yourself, what you do, who you do it for, why you do it, and how you can help them, right? And nobody wants to do that work. I don't want to say nobody. That's that's an absolute, right? So many people don't want to do that. But it feeds back into that whole, you know, the the underlying feeling that we're all made to feel that there's a rush to the finish line, that there's scarcity, that there's a some arbitrary deadline that we have to meet. And we're going to start seeing it more and more, especially in the last three months of this year, because the last quarter was the messaging everyone starts to throw out there. End of year rush, year end rush. We need to hit those targets now. Look, guys, there's no rush to the finish line. You have to take, if you want to build a legacy business, a sustainable business, something that you're not going to have to hustle for for the rest of your life, you need to put the work in. You need to take the time to build that foundation. And that includes with relationships because those really, I mean, it's it's a common statistic in marketing. And I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I used to teach this. It's a lot easier to keep the people that you have than to constantly recruit new clients. Ooh, I used to quote that. It was from the White House Department of, oh, I can't remember. I'll have to look for that and put it in the show notes because it's it's a very true thing. It costs mm-hmm. so much less to maintain the audience that you have, the customers that you have, than the ones who are in and out, in and out, because those people are going to talk. So with that, so pitch slapping, don't be that Don't girl. be that girl. <laughs> <laughs> So next up on the list today is affiliates. Let's talk about affiliates who promote things. They didn't even like them, but they're just trying to get their investment back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't be that girl. Don't be that girl. We saw this a lot with influencer marketing on Instagram a little while back where people were promoting products and services that they didn't really like or some of them had never even used, right? But it's all about... It's all about that passive income. That's another thing. Can we do a show on passive income one day? Because honestly, I've got such a bone to pick with the whole passive income industry. Oh my gosh, but- I'm adding that <laughs> to the list. But it's, it's again, it's one of those things. It's like, if you, how can you honestly speak to something if you've never used it or you've used it and you don't like it? It's fraud. Let's call it what it is. It's fraud. And it's, again, it standing outside your integrity. And I have actually talked with people who I knew that they didn't like programs. So I was shocked when I saw them promoting, oh, such and such is going on and this and that and the other. And if you, if you sign up through me, you're going to get my bonus and you know, that's been become this whole thing. And you know how I feel about this whole bonuses, like your program should be able to stand on its own. It should not, your program should not have to have a hundred bonuses in order for somebody to buy it. That's definitely a discussion for another day, but that's just it. Don't be that girl. If it didn't work for you, don't do that to somebody else. You know, I understand that you lost money. How about if you go get another client? to make up for what you spent on that program. And look, here's the deal. You learned, even if that program did not work out for you, you learned something valuable. You learned some things that you want to ask. You learned some things that, you know what, the marketing really got me. And and you get back to asking the right questions and all of that. So number one, take it as experience. Number two, just do something else to create the income that you lost. Yeah. And I think we need to be a lot, and this is not directly related, but we do re- really need to start being more transparent about our screw-ups and our failures and our mistakes, because so many of us feel this enormous sense of shame in those types of situations. Oh, I made a bad investment. Oh, I signed on with a terrible client, or oh, I didn't realize that, and I made this huge mistake. Guess what? We've all done it. We need to talk more about it. But this is exactly what you said. Channel that energy somewhere else that is actually beneficial and that you can speak to with some authority and some integrity instead of pushing things that you have absolutely no intention of buying yourself. 
Absolutely. And it's, you know, whether you believe in it or not, it's that juju that you're putting out there, right? It is going to come back in one way, shape or form. It's going to come back. So don't be that oh, girl. Yeah. Don't be that girl. So last step, and I know you've had a situation with this recently, is when people are copying and pasting other people's material. I mean, at the very least, give attribution. And I, you know, I can't remember the scripture, I should probably look it up because I talk about this from time to time. But I think it's in the Old Testament, King Solomon paraphrasing, there's nothing new under the sun way back then, right? So what is it today that we seem to have this thing that it, and it goes both ways, right? It's either somebody gets offended because somebody's talking about the same thing that you're talking about. And but there's nothing new under the sun, like the things where everything we're talking about here today, there's somebody else out there talking about them. And I think as you know, we've discussed the the key to that is putting your own spin on it. Absolutely, and saying, yeah. Hey, I saw this. And wow, so on point, like I couldn't have said it better. Or I think that's a crock. And let me tell you why. Yeah. So there, I mean, there's, there's a fine line that's maybe not so fine, but it, if you are copying and pasting someone's content, that's, that's definitely an, a no, no, like absolutely. Like you said, give attribution, give credit where credit is due. But if you are inspired by someone's content and you're like, Oh, you know what? I can talk about this too, or I agree with this, or I disagree with this. That's absolutely fine. I think when we start to feel, and I'm, I'm going to hold my hand up and say that this has happened to me because I'm human right? I've had people who have blatantly copied and pasted my content. In fact, I was telling you earlier about a blog post that I wrote a few years ago, that someone had copied and pasted. And what was worse about it was it actually contained some very personal experiences. And she just copied and pasted them like they were her own. And long story short, I addressed it with her. And she was like, I was you know, so inspired. I just wanted to, you know, emulate whatever. And I was like, dude, then use that as fuel for your own material. Don't just copy and paste. But I've also been on the other end of it where I've written something and someone else has really liked it. And they've actually put their own spin on it, taken it away, made it their own thing. And my ego has been triggered, right? What if that person takes my idea, puts their own spin on it, and they're more successful than I am? That was the first thought that came to my head, right? So I understand why it, it can be so triggering for people to see other people taking quote unquote their ideas. But like you said, there is no new idea under the sun. All there is, is new ways of interpreting it, new ways of talking about it, different ways of showcasing it. But you have to remember that it, the different, the differentiating factor in all of that is you. And the people who resonate with you as a person are going to come to you regardless of what everyone else is talking about. And this goes back to, again, why it is so important to stand in integrity because if people know you and they like you and they trust you, whatever else other people are talking about, they're going to come to you. And so we need to stop getting so bent out of shape about people, quote unquote, taking our content because it's going to happen. And a lot of the times, I think you were talking about this earlier before we started recording, a lot of the times it happens unintentionally, right? You hear other people in your circle talking, you hear podcasts, you see people's posts and you're like, ah, such a great idea. And you talk about it. And maybe there was something, the way they worded it just really stuck with you. And so you you write that as well. You're not intentionally stealing someone's content. But again, then it's probably a good practice to say this was inspired by so-and-so. Right. That again, you're being as integrous as possible. And that is sometimes definitely unintentional. Or you just, we tend to attract people into our closer circles that think like we think in, in a lot of ways. So as you're having these conversations with each other, and it's just it comes up in something that you're doing, and, and you think, oh, yeah, and you say whatever, without even in the moment realizing that, oh, that's what so and so says, right? So I think the other side of that, so obviously, the extreme is just copying, pasting, no attribution, none of that. I think also what I want to say for anybody listening, so don't be that girl right? Don't be that girl who's copying and pasting, not giving yeah. attribution. But here's a girl you can be. Stop being afraid to share your take on something, right? Yes. Because we do that where it's like, oh, well, so and so is already talking about that. So there's no way I could talk about it, right? And I have said for years, it's like we could five of us could be talking about the very same thing. 
And there are people who are going only going to be able to hear it the way you say it. The people who hear it the way you say it are going to be attracted to you. The people yeah. who say it the way that who are, can hear it from the way that I say it and my experience that I put into it are going to be attracted to me and not you or the other three people, right? Yeah. We bring our own and that's the key is to bring our own experience into it. Something that happened to us in life, why that resonates with us. And we bring our own flavor and our own spice to it. And the people who need to hear it are going to be able to hear it the way that you can say it yeah, and not the way that I can say it. So be that girl, be, be that, that girl, girl who is brave enough to step out there and say, you know what, I have an opinion about this and I want to share it with you because you know what, there's somebody out there waiting to hear it the way that only you can say it. Yeah. And it really underscores the point that you are the most important and the most valuable asset in your business. You, your experience, your perspective, and your take on things. That's what people want. And that's what people are going to buy. And that's where authenticity comes in. You know, we throw that word around and it's been good Lord, you know, bastardized so many different ways. But that's where the true authenticity comes in is just showing up as yourself, bringing your life experiences, your business experiences, your take on things. Absolutely. And I think you mentioned this earlier too, before we started recording, and it's that they're just universal truths. There are some universal truths and it doesn't matter whether Tony Robbins is speaking about it. It doesn't matter if Zig Ziglar said it for all my old time listeners. <laughs> and it doesn't matter who said it bring your your flavor to it, bring your spice to it, and people will be attracted to that. Yes. Well, Sarah, thanks so much. We're going to wrap up here. I've got some ideas. I've been taking notes of we've, as we've been talking of things that we definitely want to hit on for the rest of this year. Everybody, you can look forward to Sarah and I being here the last week of each month on Thursdays, typically, but you know what, sometimes shit happens and it doesn't get out and for a couple of days after that. But generally, it's Thursdays, you can find us here. If there's something you want us to take on, if there's something you want us to like pull back the curtain and call bullshit where it's bullshit, definitely hit us up in the show notes in our groups, wherever you're at, and let us know. We are here to help support you. You know me, always looking forward to busting the bullshit where the bullshit is. So let's do it. All right, then. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Growth Strategies Cafe podcast. If it resonated with you, be sure to share it on Facebook and tag me to let me know how you're using this info to grow your online business. And of course, you're always welcome in our free Facebook community. And you can get there by going to growthstrategiescafe.com forward slash Facebook. Hey, while you're at it, go ahead and invite a friend. We'd love to have you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.